You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for March 2nd, 2022, Ash Wednesday. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 21. I remember a meme that went around social media in 2020 that said, this is the lentiest Lent we've ever lented. And that was three Ash Wednesdays ago. That was the beginning of the pandemic shutdown, back when it was all new for us to be locked up in our homes, wiping down our packages, deprived of traveling and working in person, attending theaters and churches and concerts and restaurants, all the things we took for granted that suddenly were stripped from our lives. We had no choice but to give up that Lent, no choice but to surrender to the collective call for self-deprivation. And just when we thought Lent couldn't get any Lentier, our world couldn't get any more tumultuous and unpredictable, we went on to endure a roller coaster ride of coronavirus variants concurrent with tornadoes and floods and power outages on unprecedented scale in the South and raging fires in the West, all signs of an ever-worsening climate crisis. And now, over the past seven days, we are witnessing with heartbreak a vicious, unprovoked war in Ukraine, causing untold human cost and throwing the world's economies and supply chains into newly uncertain territory. Our world is in more than one hell of a mess. Truth is, every year brings its fresh hell if we want to make lists. So I'm once again reminded of an insight I heard many years ago from the former presiding bishop, Frank Griswold, who passed on some advice a monk once gave to to people asking what they should do for Lent. The monk said, to live in today's world as a faithful person is enough of a discipline. There is no need to take on more. To live in today's world as a faithful person is enough of a discipline. There is no need to take on more. So my question today is, what does it take to live in today's world as a faithful person? Luckily, we do not have to make up the answer. Instead, Ash Wednesday invites us to return to the basic practices of our faith the things we already know to do, whether we do them or not. And to begin, or begin again and again, with our practices is to walk the faithful path. Because like any path, we can only walk it one step at a time, one day at a time, one moment at a time, one conscious intention at a time. Every step is a new beginning. And that is what Ash Wednesday invites us into, how to begin again. When Jesus teaches his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew, which we just heard, it's worth noting that Jesus does not offer up new practices for them to take on as they embark on their path following him. Instead, he names the practices already built into their lives as faithful Jews, which are giving to the poor, praying, and fasting. He knows they do these things already. And he invites them to turn their attention from the outer appearance of their practices 
to what might be happening in the secret place of their hearts when they do them. And likewise for us, Lent is the season that focuses on what's going on inside, in secret. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, he says. Whenever you give to those in need, don't make a big show of it. Instead, see if you can do it in secret. And whenever you pray, don't show off your praying. Instead, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father in secret. When you fast, don't go looking for praise from others for your righteous self-discipline. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus adds some more wisdom to all of this. Do not store up treasures on earth for yourselves, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Another way of saying this is don't cling so tightly to all your stuff. Take care that what you consume doesn't consume you. Instead, bank on acts of love, kindness, and generosity towards others. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Giving to the poor, praying, fasting, storing up treasures in heaven. These are the basic practices of a faithful life in today's world. And they are best done quietly, like a daily walk in the woods, without seeking notice or praise from others. In that quietude is where our motives are made plain to us. This spiritual self-examination may lead us to reflect on whether my good deeds, my prayers, my thoughts in the quiet of my heart, and the things I take on in the name of spirituality are actually making me more kind, more compassionate, more generous in my daily life. Do my practices strengthen me to face my life's hardships and losses? How can I withdraw from my busy pace for this season to renew my practices and reset my intention? Can I surrender my tendency to make Lent a season of achievement or impressive self-disciplines and instead go quietly into the room of my heart and make space for God to meet me there? Jesus had a way of always withdrawing from the crowds to pray and meditate and commune with God. He went often to mountains and deserts, going into that proverbial room and shutting the door. And then he would return to his work, always fully present to people, always attentive to his purpose, never afraid of his certain and imminent death. His prayer in private shaped his readiness for action in public. In an opinion piece for the New York Times on Monday, Margaret Rankel, a self-described unchurched Christian, wrote about the meaning of Lent as she understands it. In the article, she recalls that her mother and father, during their midlife years of creeping weight gain, would announce that they were losing 10 pounds for Lent, a resolution Rankel always found hilarious. She writes, I'm no theologian, but I feel sure that Jesus did not spend 40 days and 40 nights in the desert so he could fit into his old jeans. (laughs) 
In a few minutes, our liturgy will present us with an invitation issued in the name of the Church to the observance of a Holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's Holy Word. Our call to take our spiritual existence seriously begins today with a liturgical episode that takes our physical existence seriously. We will bear ashes on our foreheads, sit, stand, kneel, and eat and drink the body and blood of Christ. These are actions for people with bodies living in this world. And today we are issued an unvarnished reality check. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. This is exactly what I love about this day and about the season of Lent, which begins today. This is the season that most overtly calls us to turn and return to our ultimate source, to the God who knows us and loves us, to the one who forms us and forms the earth from the dust of which we are made, and to whom we return and return spiritually on a daily basis, so that when we return physically, we are already in the habit of returning to the divine. Tradition encourages us to give things up for Lent, whether it's food or drink or some bad habit. But ultimately, Holy Lent is not defined by the things we give up or in anything we do during Lent, but in a refocusing our attention on what God has already done and continues to do in us. That is, God propels us into existence and continues to give us breath. This is not something we can affect ourselves. Only God gives life, and whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. So even more than finding things to give up or take on, let it be enough to surrender. Surrender to the faithful path. Find your way to your inner room in the secret solitude of your heart where God is. You can find more sermons on our website, www.stmarksnewcanon.org.